to be joking. You've got to be joking. Now, when the treasurer wishes oh, to go no. there or not, I would forbid him going. Forbid him going to the Senate. To uh, uh, account for this unrepresentative swell over there. Hey Nick, how you going mate? I'm feeling really whiny today. Whiny? I don't know about you Rob. Why whiny? That's a very... We're in a wine cellar. <laughs> Alright Nick, yes we are in a wine cellar. We had a bit of a mix up this morning Nick, didn't we? Bit of a, a bit of a kerfuffle, bit of a disaster actually. Yeah. So I, fun fact, I haven't told you this yet Nick. Um, I was actually spent a good half hour looking... For the recording stuff. <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah. So, so for for the listeners, um, after the trip, I couldn't fit all of our all of my stuff into the car that I was going in. So I did palm off the recording stuff to Nick, um, and he didn't bring it over. So I've had to come to his house. Yeah, I just forgot that I had it. Rob usually has it, and then I drove all the way to Rob's house, which is. It's a nice drive, you know, I chuck a podcast on, but it, it it's like a 20-minute drive. Yeah, it, it takes drive. you out of here. Yeah. We're recording about an hour later than our predicted <laughs> start time. I was like, so I have to go back to mine and then to Rob's and then back to mine <laughs> again. So I just, I, I said, Rob, you got to come to mine. Yeah. And now we're in uh, my my dad's, my dad's wine cellar. Yeah, really showing how GT you are, dude. Yeah, look, honestly. <laughs> a lot of people come into my house and they're like, oh, you have such a nice house. And you know what my line is, Rob? Every time I say, oh, thanks, I did nothing to deserve this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's a real real hum- uh, humbling line, I think. Yeah, and I imagine that make your uh, your guests who have tried to give you a nice... Nice compliment right off the bat. Feel really welcome in your house as well, Nick. I don't have many friends. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hey. wonder why. <laughs> How are you feeling after the big holiday, Rob? You recovered? If you, I don't know if the listeners can tell, but my voice is still a little bit um, chesty. Let's well, say. You, you got COVID after the holiday, right? No, I didn't get COVID. Oh, okay. so, oh sorry. I must have read that. <laughs> I got sick and number one culprit is Tom Osterberg, who... Had to go to bed early on the second night. Tom Osterberg pulled out of the podcast. Yeah, pulled out of the guy. podcast because he's sick um, and then made us dinner that night. So I'm blaming him oh, for my sickness. Oh, now the dots are all connecting. <laughs> I am absolutely blaming Tom for my sickness here. I bet he probably did it on purpose as well. It's such a Tom thing to do. <laughs> Oh, if God. I can't be healthy, no one can. We can't talk any more smack on the podcast, though, because last time I did that, Brian actually listened and called yeah, me out. Called, called me out in the group chat. Ooh. I felt bad. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're listening again, Brian, I'm sorry. I appreciate you listening. No, you got to keep talking smack. It's what the she, listeners want, right? I feel like she maybe won't listen again <laughs> because it's not the holiday oh. episode. But Do, do we uh, run the gauntlet? <laughs> no, no, no. No more insulting people, Rob. We're All past right. that. It's a new semester at university. Oh, get yeah. Out. We're going to forget about the holidays. They're gone, all right? Now's, now's the time for real business and work. Yeah, university started back up. So let's see how that improves or uh, you know what it does to the podcast anyway. <laughs> it started on Monday. I, I reckon 90% of people didn't know that uni started on Monday. Yeah, it started on Monday. And um, nothing's changed, has no, it? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm no still at home. Not yeah. doing much. Yeah. Same I think old. everyone will realize it starts next week. Yeah. I, I think good. so. Because we have tutorials next week. We have to be there. Yeah. We, for the first time ever, Rob, we have a tutorial together. Ever? Ever. We've never had a politics tutorial together. 
We've had economics tutorials. Economics, so yeah, okay. Fair enough. That's amazing, Nick. For And every semester we try and link up and do tutorials together as well. It will just be a podcast with, <laughs> with 20 other random people just sitting there in the background. Just bring the recording stuff to the tute, mate. It will be, oh, God, don't mind, don't mind. I'm, I'm a bit worried here. about that, Nick, because usually I'm quite... Um, you know, up and about during a tutorial. I'm one. Of, I'm that guy that answers the questions. And I've heard from, you know, sources of mine that you're also that guy. So you might clash heads a little bit? Well, I just like think we're going to be... It's just going to be a conversation between me and you and no one's going <laughs> to speak. <laughs> That's just what happens. There's so many goobers who do politics and <laughs> don't rock up to the church, just don't say a word and leave. Like you may as well not come. <laughs> uh, politics. Well, yeah, we'll be able to advertise the podcast at the end at least. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure all these people in our tutor will want to listen to more of us after listening to 45 minutes of us each week. I'm sure the tutor will give us better marks as well because he's like, you know, these guys are real go-getters. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Rob, I hear, there's a, um, I hear there's an opening at the Restore, by the way. There is, yes. So, if anyone wants a job, a casual deli assistant job at the Restore, <laughs> Northbridge Restore, just uh, DM, the po- DM the podcast, give us a five-star review. Or just go on the Restore nah, on nah, Instagram. No, nah, you have to review the podcast first. Five stars, of course. Okay, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'm not going to say no to that, am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob, I've, I've, got a, I've got a problem. The world's falling apart. I, I wake up in the morning. I, I say, hey, Google, play me the news. Google plays me the news to the speaker. I'm making my toast. I'm listening to the news. It's all terrible. It's all bad. And now I'm feeling sad. So right? <laughs> you wake up and you say, hey, Google, play me the news. Is that really your morning routine? <laughs> That's my morning routine. And it's, you know. You would one, be one of those guys that says, hey, Google. Number one headline, COVID cases in Victoria spiking. Mm. Our highest daily record. America, high, high, highest daily record. World, Brazil, high, highest daily record for COVID. Uh, Black Lives Matter protests still going on. Uh-oh, the US doesn't have enough money for each state to run the election well. So they're not going to run a good election. Trump's going to get re-elected, Rob. And then looming over it all, China is going to declare war on us and dominate the entire world. <laughs> How does that make me feel good? How am I supposed to continue on the rest of my day listening to that kind of stuff, Rob? I don't know, Nick. You, it's up to you to make a difference, Nick. It's up to me and you to spread the informative word through this podcast. That's why we have a freaking podcast. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I sent a, uh, an email, an electronic mail of this with this podcast attached as an MP3 to Xi Jinping's office every week. Oh, yeah? How's, so that, I, how's that gone for you? Well, I think he listens. I'm not, I can't be entirely sure, but I, <laughs> I reckon... One, he's he... one of the 42. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, our podcasting shows us the analytics and it says 1% of listeners are from Beijing. There you go. So maybe, maybe I don't know him. how this podcast has got through the uh, Chinese uh, internet. Oh, got the Great Firewall. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. We've chipped a crack in it somewhere. We just Clearly, slipped through. We've slipped on through because that... I don't think they would support a lot of the content of this podcast, Rob. No, definitely not, Nick. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> maybe we can find some way to like I don't know, like hack the speakers and just like play this podcast just like on repeat in like, I don't know, Tiananmen Square or something and liberate the Chinese people, you know? Mm. I don't know how that's going to work because it's in English, but we can give it a try, well, Nick. We'll try. We'll try. They get English, right? You, uh, know, what, Nick, you know what I'm worried about, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what are you worried on, about? On that topic of, you know, 
so much unrest in the world. You know what yeah. I'm worried about? Debt. And oh. debt in Australia. Oh, Rob, you're a, you're a good podcaster. I want to tell you that. <laughs> 21 episodes, it actually counts as something. <laughs> I'm also worried about debt. Why don't you tell me a little bit more, Rob? Well, debt debt's a spooky word in Australia, and especially in Australian elections in recent history, it has often been used to uh, dethrone political parties and political leaders at that. Um, and we've got a lot of it now in Australia, particularly after the most recent stimulus package in relation to COVID. Um, and it is a concern for us at this point, right? I think it's, you said to me earlier, it was 30% of GDP, right? It's 30% of GDP, which is unthinkable before this pandemic and unthinkable for a coalition government yeah. to create that debt. Right, Rob? Because the coalition government, let, let's not forget the 2010 2013 elections where the debt was a key reason, uh, well, a key thing that the coalition government campaigned on was the Labor's reckless spending had doomed us all to a life of just so much debt you could hardly even hold it up, you know? And then what naturally follows after that is austerity. Uh, the kind of, you know, we, unfortunately, we were lucky enough that it didn't happen the same extent here as it did in, say, the UK, mm. where they basically just cut funding to all their public services. And what happens? Their NHS, their health system is broken, and when COVID hits, it goes out of control. Yeah. So, you know, luckily we didn't have that, but you still saw funding cuts to things like education, right? Tertiary education, that affects you and me, Rob. Yeah. So we those had those hurt. cuts. Uh, the Liberals say we needed those cuts. They had to happen to balance the budget because you can't have any debt. Yes. And then all of a sudden, global pandemic happens. Oh, the Liberals have created more debt than we ever have. Well, uh, let's let's not forget the debt has been going up ever since the Liberal Party took control in 2013. Um, and a lot of that debt um, has gone to fossil fuel companies, banks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Rather than tertiary education, uh, hospitals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what happens when you conduct $4 million feasibility studies of building a new coal power plant in Queensland. Yeah, exactly. It's just a waste of $4 million. So, yeah, government subsidies have changed under the Liberal Party to go more towards um, energy and... We can say infrastructure in there. We'll 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 give them that the little party, I guess. Yeah. Uh, away from tertiary education, health, um, and those things that it was invested in under the Gillard and Rudd government. Yeah, I'll look. I'll say traditionally, you know, Labor looks after the public service apparently better uh, than than the Liberals do. The public service is like health education. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just what people say. I don't know about the specific details, but what I'm pissed about is that the Liberals have completely backflipped on something which is apparently so core to their identity, which is like where like the conservative economic managers. And they've been touting since Peter and Co- since uh, John Howard and Peter Costello back in the late 90s, early 2000s, that we can't have debt. That debt is really bad for an economy. And the economists and the Labour Party have been saying... That is like not true. Eventually, the Labor Party had to toe the line because it wasn't going well with the electorate. Yeah. But now everyone's like, oh, no, debt's fine. Yeah. And like, we've been saying this for years. Of course, debt is fine. We said it in our first bloody podcast. That was our topic. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pissed, Rob. I'm a little mad. I'm a little upset. Uh, as you should be, Nick. And, um, you know, there, there seems to be a running theme in this podcast of uh, 
and the media's reaction to political parties and their policy. And do, do you think uh, it might be a change in media portrayal of debt in recent years that has made debt finally okay, despite economists being saying it's okay since the late 90s? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the mainstream media kind of does, we've talked about this, does as a lot of, uh, as, as important voices in politics kind of say they should do. And they kind of want to engage in the in the culture war and kind of protect their special interests as well. But yeah, when something like COVID happens, even the you know most conservative and warped members of the Liberal Party and the coalition realize that you need to spend a lot of money, otherwise your economy is going to go off a cliff. And then, of course, the media has to then change its narrative, right? Just like the government. Well, obviously, yeah. I think if both parties are supporting a, um, uh, you know, more spending, it's going to be hard for the media to try and spin a narrative on that when they can say, no, debt's still bad, when both major parties have a very similar policy with this issue. Um, you know, there's obviously degrees of differences between the major parties on the, on the whole idea of spending throughout this crisis. Um, but with that said... Is this debt an issue, Nick? Do you think it can become an issue? And, you know, what's your general feelings? About debt? Well, About debt, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think this is a, a big issue, really. I mean, if you listen... 30% of GDP isn't as high as and as traumatizing as it sounds when you compare it to nations like the US, where it, I think it's like 150 or yeah, Many at least countries 100%. have, yeah, over double their GDP in debt, yeah. which is insane. Which is that I think then it becomes an issue because especially if you have, um, you know, things like it is now and it'll be hard to pay back that debt when you're constantly spending uh, and you can default. And that's what we saw in the you know, Greek tragedy of the just a bundled economy now. <laughs> is Greek, isn't Greek tragedy a song? I think Greek tragedy is a song. It's a, a, it's a wombat song. There we go, Nick. Great song. How about we'll uh, put it up on the on the uh, Instagram? Well, how about we'll play it in the background right now? Okay, of us talking. Ready? Three, two, one. Great tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we have the rights to that song. So it'd be like a few seconds. Yeah, just like one beat from the song, and then we're going back here. Okay. But Rob, the thing is about large amounts of debt, even debt over a hundred percent of GDP, is that a country will eventually be able to repay that debt. It yes. might take Countries decades. never die, Nick. Oh, great man once told me that. There you go. It must have been a smart man. <laughs> countries never die. And countries, the trend is their economies grow uh, mm-hmm. over the long term, right? So countries, unless the entire country collapses, which is extremely rare, the country is always going to repay the debt. So the So what happens, right? Like sometimes they lose their credit rating. That's really bad. But mm-hmm. it's all just caused by like panic and fear. Which yes. at the end of the day is kind of doesn't really make sense because the country will eventually be able to repay that debt. It's just a question of how long. Yeah. So I think the debt in Australia is okay, uh, as we've said, below a lot of what we've seen across the world. Not that high, and we'll be able to repay it because we're you know got that good credit rating, and Australia Australia's economy will grow the next decade. Yes, that is well, hopefully, anyways. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Depends who you, who you vote for in uh, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ages away. Still recovering from last year. Yeah. Wow. 
It's been it's been a wild few years since the 2019 election, hey. Feels wild like, half year or whatever. Feels like yeah. many moons ago. Yeah, we had bushfires. Now you know, global pandemic. It's been a long time, Rob. It right? really has, hasn't it's, it? It's been ages. Now, Rob, I want to say something here. I want to preempt maybe some of the criticism that our listeners are going to give us here, because you okay. know I I love the listeners. They keep us accountable. But right, well, I'm not. I'm not trying to attack the Liberal Party here just because they're the Liberal Party. Labour also is a big political party and does stupid things a lot of the time and is contradicts itself a lot of the time. But this is, you you cannot paint it another way. This is a huge contradiction in the Liberal Party and the principles of the Liberal Party. Go back and listen to Matthias Cormann in 2008 complaining about how the Labour Party was spending so much money to stimulate the economy during the GFC and how that was the stupid and not the right thing to do. We were never going to pay back the debt. The reason why we avoided a recession, gone. Exactly, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, part of the reason, but... Yeah, yeah, part of, part of it. <laughs> and now look at the Liberal Party touting about how they've saved the economy. Yeah, it's a very... It's a nice little backflip from the Liberal Party. Um, Brit reminds me of that tweet that ScoMo made would have been 10 years ago now, of the rud flu brought brought upon by copious amounts of government spending. Yeah, good one, ScoMo. Oh, the marketing genius. Yeah, He's back that, at it again. That one's come back to him, hasn't it? The smart guy. Oh, yeah. Well, look, okay, credit to the Liberal Party. And, yo, this is a very small credit. Credit to them for actually being able to spend money um, and do the right thing. Yep. Although, you know, it would have been political suicide to do anything else and it would have run the whole country off a cliff. Yeah, it was it was the only option. You you couldn't have not done anything. <laughs> I know. And Rob, the, wor- the worst part in my eyes is that people are just going to... It's come election time. They're just going to say, oh, we saved the economy. Like, look at us, job keeper, job seeker. When they were just basically lying to the Australian people for decades about... Or, you know the appropriate way to manage debt in an economy. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, if anything's taught, I remember when the bushfires were happening, and I was I was very very angry, as you might imagine, Nick. Um, and I was saying, surely this is enough to knock them off in twenty twenty two. But if anything, uh, I've learnt from this crisis is that things are changing very very quickly, and I think by twenty twenty two, who knows if. Uh, job keeper and job seeker will still be issues that we'll be discussing, Nick. It's so true. I mean, who knows what we'll... Maybe we'll be discussing what the best policy to ward off our Chinese overlords is. Exactly, Nick. Who knows? Exactly. Maybe we're discussing military strategy against the Chinese. Yeah. I, <laughs> I certainly know that. Uh, I think we have a state election in WA coming up later this year. Yeah. I'm so excited for that one. I think we know who's going to win that one. Yeah. I think it's going to be... I think it'd be very difficult, even if Mark had a poor showing, um, it'd be very difficult to flip all of the the seats that were won in 2017, because mm. that was really a, uh, a, a massacring of... The- <laughs> The Barnett government, yeah. unfortunately. very People were very tired of the Barnett government. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you'd love to be an incumbent leader with a state that isn't having a second wave. Because, you know, yeah. we were saying that about all the states, but then Victoria, poor old Dan Andrews, they had a second wave. So, actually, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how that affects his uh, his poll his poll numbers and his yeah. re-election chances. Well, you say that Ziggy Alberts has called him 
Hitler, or comparable to Hitler anyways. There you go. <laughs> so he might have a contest on his hands. I'm not sure when the Victorian election is, but... I think it's pretty far away. I think it's 2021. There memory. you go. People will forget about it. Yeah. Well, it's not, and it's also not quite exactly Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand where the, their kind of opposite party, the Nationals Party, has gone through like three or two leaders in the past few months. <laughs> you just because can't. no one wants to face Jacinda. She's like overwhelmingly popular now. Yeah. Uh, she's She's made a bit of a name for herself on the international stage now as the good prime minister because everyone else is just... All world leaders right now kind of suck. Yeah, they do kind of suck. Like, you know, point to a good one besides Jacinda. I mean, I can't. Trudeau, maybe? Yeah, Trudeau. (laughs) Trudeau, I don't know. Trudeau is kind of the Obama type. Like, he looks really good on the surface and then down below you're like, actually, actually, he just doesn't really do anything. (laughs) He still kind of represents the worst part about uh, kind of um, like established politicians. Yeah, um, all right, fair enough. Jacinda's a bit of a, a cool kind of actual, like, uh, revolu- not revolutionary, but, like, reformist politician. Mm, yeah, I, I tend to agree. But you're not... They're, they're pretty rare, reformist politicians, to be For honest. For sure. Yeah, they get struck down, like Look, Bernie Sanders. in times like this, Nick, I just want a politician that isn't a moron, you know? You'd love to see it. <laughs> I mean... A look. world leader that isn't a moron, you know? It's not that high of a step up. Oh, you'd think it wouldn't be that high. <laughs> I'd, look, I'd take Malcolm Turnbull right now. I love... I, I didn't love... You know, Turnbull was good. I, I admired some parts of Turnbull. Yeah, take him back love there a few times. <laughs> I don't love him. I don't love him, right? At least he thought climate change was real. You know, yeah. that's, that's good. At least he okay. had an energy policy he was trying to introduce <laughs> to the parliament. Because we, uh, we still don't have an energy policy in this country. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic, Rob. Yeah. So, Nick, on, on the topic of world leaders and, you know, their power over us, what do you think about liberty in Australia and liberty as a concept um, surrounding COVID? Because there's been growing concerns in Victoria, you know, being forced to wear a face mask, um, that it's going to turn into a communist slash fascist system and the government's going to be tumbling down. And This is how democracies turn into authoritarian regimes, Rob. Exactly. They make you wear a fucking mask. Ah, at Bunnings. <laughs> oh, did you see that thing? Of, oh, my Lord. Did you see her interview on Sunrise or something? I didn't. The morons on Sunrise were like, oh, let's get her on. She might have a few good points. And the host of Sunrise, after talking to her for like one minute, was like, okay, no, we're cancelling this. Like, this is so useless. And they just, they like ended her feed. And he was just like, guys, I'm sorry we had her on. (laughs) Yeah, so good job to the guys at Sunrise. Yeah, good, good news media, that one. Sunrise. That's where I go for all my honest, good journalism. Sunrise. (laughs) Koshy. Yeah, well, Rob... Uh, we live, the way we describe our political system in Australia here is a liberal democracy. Yes, Nick. And we're all familiar a with A little this. bit of P&L there. Yeah, we're all familiar with the second second part, democracy. But Rob, why don't you just enlighten me what, what the liberal part means there? Because does it mean liberal party? Because, I mean, you know, we've had mostly liberal party governments for our history, but it doesn't mean that. No, it doesn't mean the liberal party. Thankfully, because liberal democracy is actually a term that describes a lot of countries, you know, Canada, maybe the US. Uh, US is slipping <laughs> a bit, but yeah. Uh, continental Europe, the UK, etc., etc. And it pretty much refer- refers to a democracy that 
um, upheld uh, individual freedoms. Um, that's the key point with liberalism and the idea of a li- the word liberal is individual freedoms over all else. So that that really does mean small government, really, and minimal interference in your life. Yeah, because you can't have a just a democracy because then most of, like, you could have a majority of people vote to execute the other minority. Mm-hmm. And that's not a, a fun time. So you can't just have a democracy. You have to have a democracy where everyone is awarded some basic rights and freedoms. Yes. But how far a, a do they go? good point of that is Russia is technically a democracy. Mm, you know, yep. Putin goes through elections every four years, but... Does it count? No. Yeah, because he can just arrest people and execute them. Yeah, exactly. That's not, that's not fair. <laughs> no, not that fair at all. Like a good time. But Nick, so with that point, um, a lot of people have been, particularly from libertarians, which is a you know, person that really upheld individual freedoms overall else, have been pointing to, you know, restrictions like having to wear a mask, such... Um, you know, being forced to stay home, not having gatherings of over 100 people, etc., etc. These, you know, pretty uh, universally held COVID laws as infringements on their individual freedoms. And this is seen particularly in the US, and that's got a lot to do with their culture and stuff. But Nick, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? Do you think that these infringements are actually infringements, or do you think libertarians are just being idiots? Well, yeah, I think yeah, calling them idiots would make me uh, would would be nice to me. I would enjoy that, but I think it's a bit of a simplification. I think at the end of the day, they probably don't really aren't really that scared about COVID and don't don't they you know they don't actually like they probably would wear a mask if it wasn't a big political thing, but they're taking a political stand here because I think increasingly over the past few decades in the long term, government has necessarily had to get bigger and, you know, your individual freedoms have been kind of encroached by government a little bit more. And I think people who believe in that individual liberty thing are feeling that and want to take every possible stand to kind of um, assert their own individual liberties, if that makes sense, Rob. Mm, That that makes a lot of sense, Nick. That's a very nuanced point compared to mine of, are they idiots? Well, they're idiots, (laughs) but also that... (laughs) That's very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, Nick, that's very interesting. Um, I don't really know how how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, I don't think it's the right thing to do. I think the scale of this health emergency requires a larger government. Um, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on that, um, which is probably a first, to be honest. <laughs> um, so it's very interesting to think about that, hey, Nick. I'm not really sure, to be honest, though. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, this is like exactly the kind of thing that reminds you that government necessarily has to have a big part of public life, right? Yeah. Um, and like a lot of um, the origins of a lot of political systems come out of the fear of authoritarianism mm. um, and totalitarianism where the government controls everything. So they're, they're kind of designed and as a result, there's like a culture that government should be as small as possible and you know you should have every opportunity to do what you want as long as it doesn't harm other people and yep. rob we refer to that basically as the harm reduction principle oh wow bit of a check, throwback check to first year out. here yeah look at that <laughs> now rob do you do you remember the harm reduction principle i think it was that no matter what government should be trying to reduce the harm done to people and 
you know, the infringing on individual freedom should only be done to reduce harm of others. I uh, yeah, right? I yeah. think that's something. I think that's basically it. I was gonna say like you're basically allowed to do whatever you want to do unless it, it harms, harms someone else. Yeah, harms someone else, the capacity for someone else to do what they want to do. Yes, um, and that's like the kind of the the fundamental point where like liberalism is kind of start starts and it's like born. Mm. Um, but if you follow that all the way back up to say not wearing a mask for COVID, that doesn't really make much sense because that that does harm the capacity for someone else to it does, do whatever they it? want to do. Hmm. So how do the how do the, the the conservatives or whatever justify that? I don't know. I can't get inside that mind, Nick. We'll have to get another guest on to truly understand that. Who's the most conservative person we know? Can we get can we get someone on that can we get Raymond? We get it on. <laughs> let's let's invite that woman from Bunnings. Onto this oh, yeah. podcast. That'd be really good, Nick. I'm really excited to talk to that lady. Can you imagine how funny she was just like yelling at Bunnings employees? It's such a sad life. Like surely, surely these poor Bunnings employees have got you know slightly bigger issues to deal with. Like it's such a shit job to, for starters, and you're just dealing with this woman. It'd be so annoying. I know. Uh, I just don't get it, Rob. Like. I want to say, and this might sound offensive, I want to say this is a thing that is more popular around the boomers generation because just look at the demographics. If you go to the people before the boomers, they were the silent generation who went through the wars. Yeah. War necessarily involves big government, right? And that's like a big government on a scale that is unfamiliar to everyone because... Yo, your individual liberties and rights are heavily infringed because the government has to fight a war and needs whatever you have, right? Yep. But the boomers after that kind of experienced, we've talked about this before, kind of like the rise of ec- like uh, market fundamentalism, small government. They lived through all of that. So it's a bit of a surge of like this idea of like individual liberty. It stems from like, you know, the economic idea that, the uh, government shouldn't be involved in markets, but it yeah. also has that cultural and social element. I think for the boomers, as as you put it, probably stems a lot from uh, the social change seen in the sixties and seventies that in you know really promoted individualism um, and expression expression of yourself. Whereas you know generations before it was very much about getting in line, et cetera, et cetera, and. You know, that, that has come about and we've seen that in economic policies through, you know, neoliberalism and the, you know, the slow degradation of workers' rights, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, you, you could you could probably say that. I think it is a generational thing. I think, I don't know, broadly speaking, I think our generation is more okay with these restrictions. Um, but I don't know, Nick. You I don't know a lot of people, do I? As as you've said at the start of this podcast, I don't have a lot of friends either. So <laughs> <laughs> Me and you, man. The podcast. That's all the friends yeah. we need. But yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, Rob, do you think our generation living through, one, the GFC, uh, the people maybe slightly older than us remembering that properly, and also now this huge pandemic where the government has had to spend so much money, people will like remember this and it probably will affect the way they think about government as they grow up, right? Yeah, and it, I'd imagine it go one or two ways, and I think you can see this just by looking at your, you know, your friends to everyone out there. Uh, I think it goes one or two ways. Either you fight back against that, and you say that you know 
the government should be smaller and we shouldn't have to do or you embrace it. And I think me and you would probably embrace it. I'm I'm not I don't know, Nick. Are you secretly a libertarian? Yes, I didn't Rob, know. <laughs> I've been waiting until this moment. <laughs> hey Rob, you're never leaving this one, so <laughs> let me tell you that. Um, I don't know, it might be encroaching on my uh, ability to do whatever I want. Damn it. Alright, got me. You're free. <laughs> Nah, um, well, like, Rob, what we were talking about before as well, like, debt, right? The government spending heaps of, of basically taxpayer money is, in some respect, an infringement on your personal liberty, right? Yeah. And the fact that they are holding a lot of that debt, you can say, is, is infringes that as well. But that is big government because they're holding that debt so they can provide support and funding to basically public services that will make the whole con- the country better as a whole. Maybe not individual people like you or me but the more disadvantaged people of our country and everyone together. Yeah, I think that's, to be honest, there's just a bit of a, more of a, yeah, off, off the point. I think that's the fundamental flaw in the idea of libertarianism in that if you break it down enough, pretty much everything is encroaching on your ability to do whatever you want. You know, no matter what the government does, it can encroach on you. It, it, I, I challenge you to think of something that doesn't encroach on you. It's true. I mean, you know, liberalism, if you like pursue it theoretically to the end, it's everyone living on their own little farm collective where there's basically no government. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Anarchy doesn't work from... <laughs> no. From history. No. Well, Rob, I'm also an anarchist. I was waiting to tell you that as well. Fuck. <laughs> You're dropping a lot of bombs on me here, Nick. <laughs> no, man. We need specialization, right? It turns out humans working together are better than humans working as one. Yes, Nick. Um, I don't know why, but I just thought of your little Minecraft semi-communist society that you had. Uh, out on the podcast, Rob. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah, no. we had a Minecraft server, all right? Look, I was, I was keen to join, but I didn't have a mouse, so, you know. And I've never played Minecraft, so. There you go. Yeah, I tried to start a communist utopia in Minecraft. Um, and it, <laughs> it, it didn't work out well. Didn't you steal from the communist no. utopia? Well, that's you what communism fucking heathen. Is. Communism is step one. Communism doesn't work. So you have to pretend like you're doing it and then try and gather as many resources as you can. <laughs> you bastard. Oh, hey, bro, I've got another thought, another random thought. Oh, yeah. What if the government bl- bans TikTok? Yeah. That's an infringement on your personal freedom and a personal freedom that probably many younger people than us enjoy a lot mm. so they're going to be pissed that the government banned their tiktok yeah here's here's one thing for you though nick i think a lot of libertarians um broadly speaking anyways people that define themselves as libertarians we don't like because you know, these labels all always sh- you know, have flaws in them yeah um for some reason a lot of those people don't mind encroaching on individual freedoms in favor of security reasons and I think a lot of people would be okay with that, especially people that are older than us that don't understand this TikTok craze. And maybe me as well, because I don't really understand it either. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. I, it's a really good point, Rob. Um, I, cause, because this kind of idea of like libertarianism pursued like to a high extent doesn't really make sense, I think people pursue it to uh, advance their own kind of hidden agendas a lot of the time. So I don't know, like look at something like uh, asylum seeker policy in this country. Like, do you think anyone that's a libertarian in this country cares about the individual rights and freedoms of the 
uh, refugees that we like imprison and like keep and like hold in offshore detention centers for decades and then bring here and keep them in a prison basically like they no. don't give a shit about that no because it's not them and like they i think at the, at the end of the day they care about them and their families and their like immediate communities yeah um which is i think people i know good people i don't know bad exactly is the uh good way of putting it and like <laughs> <laughs> and like i don't know i feel like everyone could agree that like um one way to advance human society is like it depends on our capacity to all work together as many people as possible yeah all right just do a bloody group project or something eh like you know don't remind me <laughs> this is th- that was a verbatim taken from the, uh, my opening speech for my economics group project last year <laughs> um they all hated me we got it we got an f in that assignment rob we failed so i don't know whether to take you seriously or not here because you don't fail university assignments that's i know that true i can't let Mr. myself HD over fail. here can't let myself fail because then what do I have? No friends, <laughs> no, no marks. I think I have a freaking podcast. Hey, mate, you hold on to that one. That's true. That's you take true, that. Rob. That's true. All right, Rob. I think we're just about done here. I reckon. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, I think we've just talked about that as much as we really can without just going in a big circle. Done it to death, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we'll revisit it in another twenty episodes. I'm sure we will, won't just we? Forget what we talked about. We'll say the same thing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at unrepresentativeswill. Uh, leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts and five star rating, obviously. Five stars of course. Of course. Um, and yeah, enjoy your week, guys. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week.